Well, hey, y'all, and welcome back to The Messy Table, which is simply an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's constantly at work in our mess. I am your host, Jen Jewell, and back co-hosting with me today is my good friend, Amy Groeschel. And guys, our only agenda is that this will be a place where you can take a deep breath of truth and encouragement as you occupy all the places, your home, your office, your local grocery store, your favorite coffee shop, no matter where you're coming from or where you've been, we are so completely honored to have you here. And The Messy Table is partnered with our church, Life Church, and our sister's ministry. And we're also big time advocates of the YouVersion Bible app because, well, hello, it's absolutely free, available for you at this very second, and it combines modern conveniences with the timeless Word of God. So I'm currently in the middle of one of the Bible Project reading plans, and I love being able to watch their summary videos before diving into a particular book. It gives me some background and context for what I'm about to read. And I can often watch those while I'm brushing my teeth or putting on mascara for the day or even at the gym. And the reason we are so passionate about getting God's word into our hearts and brains is because we believe it. This life is short, our days are numbered, and all of our striving and even good intentions are simply empty without the power of God. But you guys, we can be a generation that doesn't just go through the motions, but we invite this transforming power to infuse everything we do, no matter what we face. Y'all, our guest for today truly lives this out, even in the face of impossible pain. Jenny Lesko, alongside her husband Levi, co-leads a multi-site church based out of Montana called Fresh Life. She's also a mama of five, one of which, Miss Linya, currently lives in heaven. Jenny has weathered the unthinkable and walked through the unimaginable. But from that devastating place, she's found her faith to be stronger and deeper and anchored to eternity more than ever before. I think she also has the best laugh, a contagious hope, and a perspective that will sharpen our own. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Amy and me as we dive in and learn from Jenny. Well, hey, Jenny, welcome to The Messy Table. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun, and I'm just honored. Thank you both. Girl, Life Church and Craig and I, we have known your family from afar at first. And then just in the recent years, just getting to see your family up close, our daughters, Joy and Olivia, becoming sweet little girlfriends. <laughs> but I just want to say you, Jenny, and your family, you are so genuine in just your groundedness. You are just a delight to know. You're fun to be around. You don't put on airs, but you love the Lord and your faith is so rich and deep. So I'm thrilled that you're on our podcast today. I'm thrilled everybody gets to hear from you and your heart and your story. You minister and do amazing things along with your husband. And we just want to hear all about that. And so, yeah. Well, gosh, thank you so much for those kind words. Honestly, my husband and I just look up to you and your husband so much, and we're so thankful for you and really love you and your family so much and your church. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we would love to get a peek behind the curtain into your world, Jenny. So if you would introduce yourself, your people, and just tell us what you're all about. Yeah, so my name is Jenny Lesko. My full name is Jennifer, <laughs> and we were t we, we were talking about this earlier, but there's so many Jennifers the in the Jennifers, world. So yes, but yeah, so that's me. I am Jenny. Levi and I have been married for almost 15 years, and we met in the house of God, which 
there's no better place to meet your spouse than in God's house, serving in God's house. Because um, as you're just with your head down, serving Jesus, loving where God has you, there's a point where you just look up and you, oh, there's someone right there with you who's mm-hmm. awesome. And you end up just wanting to do it together. So I'm so thankful for how God brought Levi and I together. But um, we lead a church called Fresh Life Church. We started it in Montana. Uh, But we are now also in Portland, Oregon, Salt Lake City, Jackson, Wyoming, and all across the state of Montana. And never in a million years would we have thought that we would have church everywhere like this. Mm, I love that. What you guys are used to, it's just crazy what God has done. But when it started all those years ago, we weren't used to it either. So, (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, and it was just such a a new thing that no one was really doing. And Life Church, you've led the way in that. And so we've been able to follow your lead and, and see what you've done right and learn from mistakes and everything. And so we're thankful for that. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. Yeah, we didn't know what we were doing either. I think God led the way. <laughs> yeah, didn't want to do it. It's crazy. It's scary, but he leads us. So I want to go to your campus in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. That's where I oh, want to be. Oh, man, it's so beautiful. I mean, I love my church, but... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we have five children. We have four daughters. And in the past uh, year and a half, we've had our, our little boy, Lennox. And we are just blessed beyond measure. There are many times where Levi and I will just look at each other, like as we're watching our kids, and we just look at each other and like, how do we have five kids? <laughs> and how do we have, how do we have the most beautiful little ones? Like, we're just so thankful. Our oldest is almost 13. And then we have um, our second-born daughter, Lenya, would be 11. She uh, would have turned 11 just recently, but she is in heaven. She passed away almost six years ago now from an asthma attack five days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is our little Lenya lion. And, um, and then we have Daisy, who's eight, Clover, who's six, and then Lennox is one. And so um, our lives are full and very messy. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I'm on the Messy Table podcast because – we have messy lives. You're in good company. Yeah, all of us. <laughs> and can we just pause a minute just to say, like, who is the genius naming your kids? They're the coolest names. <laughs> I think oh, you're looking so at it. <laughs> <laughs> was that your job, Levi's? Is it a combined effort? It was. I think with all the girls, it was definitely like I had a lot of girl names, but it was definitely a combined effort. So we had Lennox, obviously, after Lenny went to heaven, and her name's Lenya Avery Lesko, and her initials are L-A-L. And Levi's initials are L-A-L. He's Levi Aaron Lesko. And so they they like to say that they were in the L-A-L club. Mm. And so when we when I was pregnant with Lennox, we were like, okay, we for sure have to get this little guy in the LAL club. And so um, we were just fig- trying to figure out awesome L names. And we were having such a hard time because, you know, nowadays it's like you want to have a unique name for your kid, but you don't want it to be like too like weird, weird where it's like <laughs> where teachers can't pronounce it. <laughs> I know. And even your kids can't really spell it. And so we were just kind of deciding between. Lincoln and Lennox, but then Lennox just had such a sweet uh, connection with Lenya. And anyways, and then we just found Alexander Lesko. So he's in the LAL club. And, um, but yeah, we, we definitely have flowery floral girls' names, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> They're all beautiful. So. And your son is so stinking cute. 
gosh. Just want to squeeze those cheeks. Makes me miss when my babies were that age. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's so funny because girls are obviously sweet. And I just the sweetness of girls is amazing. But there's just been a real sweetness about a little boy that I've just obviously never experienced before. But he, I mean, he's rough and he's tough and he scratches and he bites, but he <laughs> just has a sweet little like snuggliness about him that <laughs> I just love so much. Mm. So you're really busy as a mama. And I know you're active at Fresh Life Church. And I know you can get down and have fun because I've been there and you're so fun. But tell us more about that. What does your ministry look like on your end and what do you do outside of that? Um, well, I guess ministry wise, um, well, I mean, we started Fresh Life almost 12 years ago. Before that, we were both serving together in youth ministry at the at our previous churches that we were at. And but since we've started Fresh Life, uh, my my role has definitely looked different. When we first started, we kind of went off the the model of the church that we came from, which said you have to have a ministry for everything. So you got to have a women's ministry. You got to have a men's ministry. You got to have a, a quilting ministry. Yes. <laughs> and you just kind of let everyone do whatever they want to do. And, and then as we were learning about who we were and like, no, this is who God created us to be. We realized that we want to be a church that does more, like impacting more by doing less things. So focusing on the few things that God's called us to, which we really believe that we're an evangelistic church where we are preaching the gospel every weekend in a way that I mean, my husband is so gifted in mm -hmm. bringing the gospel message, but also like he teaches through the Bible and he teaches on different series and topics. And so, but he always like ties it up with a bow at the end with the gospel, making it easy for people to bring their friends knowing, oh, there's definitely going to be a, a moment in time where the preacher's going to let people choose if they want to follow Jesus or not. So we've built our church on that where we're very much an invitational, we want people to come as they are and they don't have to believe to belong like we want to be a part of people's journeys and we want to walk with people in that and so um anyways as we've kind of figured out who we are and not just copying what we've seen and what we've been a part of before we just realized that also includes me as Levi's wife and as a leader and a pastor in our church to kind of step up a little bit because I think what I was always used to was, at least in my church growing up, the pastor did everything and you never even really saw the pastor's wife ever, which isn't bad. And I think, honestly, sometimes when you're a pastor's wife or when you're married to someone who's preaching and who is a pastor, I think sometimes you get these automatic, like, labels that you start putting on yourself. Like, okay, I'm supposed to be this way. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to have everyone at my house. I'm supposed to um, <laughs> teach the children's ministry. I'm supposed to whatever it is. And then you start just drowning in your own like labels that you put over you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> at least I did. I had different examples that I would look to like, okay, well, if I'm supposed to be a, a woman in ministry, I'm, if I'm supposed to be Levi's wife, like I'm supposed to do all this stuff. And so I immediately started like doing all these things, but simultaneously I was having children. So I had, when we moved to Montana, I had a, Olivia was one. And then I, I was pregnant with Lenia, which we didn't realize that till after we moved to Montana. Mm -hmm. But I started having babies and life was just hard to try to do all the things that I thought I was supposed to do, but then also like be the, the wife and be the mom that God created me to be too, where I, I wasn't used to 
well, we started having, we got married at 21 and 22 and then we started having babies right away. So it wasn't <laughs> like we had like a career that we were doing and then all of a sudden kids started adding on. It was just all at once and it was wow. very messy. Just trying to figure out, okay, first of all, how, how do we honor each other and love each other in marriage? But then we're adding on kids right away. So we're like, <laughs> we're in it. But anyways, I feel like as we've grown as a church, who we are, who God's created Levi and me to be, we've just found such freedom in, in doing it together. And I think this has been something that Levi has been really good at, of really pushing me to lead, obviously in the season that, I, that I'm in with children and just life. But I think something that I've been really thankful for is how Levi's pushed me to do things that are scary for me. Because I grew up in a church where the wife any women really don't really lead. They just kind of like do all the behind the scenes things. And so that has been something for me that I've had to grow in actually of being confident in what God's calling me to do, but also what my husband's asking me to do too. And I'm really thankful for that because I definitely am one that is happy to be on the sidelines and happy to be in the background, just serving. And I I love that. That's where I feel like I, I do my best, but I feel like also... Levi's pushed me to speak with our staff, to speak on the weekends every once in a while. And I feel like those kind of things have really drawn out more of me that I'm really thankful for because I, mm-hmm. I think I always felt bad for how I was, but God so perfectly put me with Levi. Levi's, when you come to the, um, the strengths finders, he is all strategic. He's all <laughs> like visionary and he, he he actually has no relational strength at all <laughs> well he does but on paper like not on the test he doesn't I'm not on the test but all of mine are relational and so when we finally took that test which I'm so thankful we did we should have done it when before we even got married I think, I think it would have like helped a lot of heartache but what I'm so thankful for is it really brought me to the place where I realized that this is the way God made me. Like I am, my number one is empathy. I am mm-hmm. always thinking about how people are doing, um, how people are feeling. How did this come across? Like I'm always thinking about those kind of things where Levi doesn't necessarily, those things don't come first. So for us to be able to be leading together and truly pouring out what God has put in us, mm-hmm. it has become one of the most beautiful things for us to be able to lead our church together. And he really values my input and values who I am. And I value how he's leading us and how he's like strategically thinking 10 steps ahead. But for us together, it's just been so fun. And yes, it's hard, but it's just been so fun to do that together and learn what that means for us. And for so long, the problem was that I was resenting Levi because he wasn't like me and I felt bad for not being like him. So there was just that kind of like tension and push and pull and like, well, why don't you think about things the way I do? And why can't I just think the way you do? And so, (laughs) but then it was like, why, why are we dealing with this for so long? It's just so, it's amazing when you finally like can see and your eyes are opened to see the beauty of who God made you to be. And then when you're doing it with your spouse Mm -hmm. and you're figuring that out, like how you can best fit together like a puzzle piece and not try to like push things where they don't fit, but just that perfect blend being together. I feel like we're just learning that more. So that's definitely been something we've been growing in and it's so good. But one of the things that, that I'm loving outside of ministry, outside of 
church is spin class. I am obsessed with the spin studio we have in my town. My friend opened it and she was like, hey, I'm looking for instructors. And I've never done anything like this before. I've, I've been a dancer my whole life, but I've never like instructed anything. So I've been doing that recently. And that has been look at you fun. Get <laughs> it's it, girl. One of the most fun things. Well, it's a 45 <laughs> minute class. It's a beat based workout. So it's super like dancey and fun, but I get the best sweat ever. Um, <laughs> but it's just been something that I feel like God's brought my way and has been just a sweet outlet of like, obviously working out, but then also just being in my community in a different way, loving people in a different way, pointing people to Jesus in a different way. Like mm-hmm. I'm not outright saying, but I, I am saying God is good. I am saying with not just saying it. And so that's really been a sweet addition. I love that. And I love that you shared what you did about your marriage and the seasons that you've gone through. It really, it's growth. I hope everybody was hearing that for themselves in the light of like their marriages, their relationships, and whatever their career or callings are in their life, that it's not a one size fit all for every role that's out there. And we do have to figure it out and have grace for ourselves and not have those expectations like you were having of this is what I should be as his wife. But, Mm -hmm. but knowing, you know, no, knowing that, you know, you can grow through that and appreciate your strengths, appreciate their strengths. And then even you stepped courageously into things that you were fearful about uh, because, you know, you had encouragement from your husband around you. And so I I love that you shared that because how many girls out there need to hear, listen to those people nudging you and encouraging to take those steps because we don't ever want fear to hold us back. Maybe the Holy Spirit is holding you back, so stay back. But if fear is holding you back, that's not of the Lord. So go for it, girl. Listen to those nudges from your friends and the Holy Spirit. And so anyway, so many things were speaking to me as you were sharing. So I was like, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you and your husband, like we talked about earlier, have graciously poured into our church and you've shared your Linya's story with us. But before we dive into the messy trenches of what you faced, which is basically every parent's worst nightmare, will you tell us a little more about your spunky girl, Linya? Hmm. Yes. Um, I'm looking at a picture of her right now mm-hmm. and we just celebrated together. And it's it's so awkward because birthdays now it's like, well, I just want to do what I usually do with, for my kids, like put on a birthday party and have fun and do something. So we've had to get a little creative with um, what this looks like for us. But but honestly, one of the things that helps is just knowing that, okay, our girls are, this is kind of what they like. Like they like having a party. They like having, so we kind of just take each one as it comes. But anyways, she, she was five uh, when she went to heaven. And so we had the blessing of, having her in our lives for five years and it it's so crazy because now as time goes past it just it just feels like she's so far away mm-hmm. but it's so sweet because um, something my husband says is because of our hope in Jesus we're not getting further and further away from her she is not in the grave her body the seed is in the grave but she's not mm-hmm. and right. he always says like we're not getting further away from her we're actually closer to mm-hmm. her so um, 2,090 days away, uh, we're actually uh, 2,090 days closer mm-hmm. to when we'll get to see her again. Because, and this is the, the beauty of the hope that we have in Jesus is, is when our loved ones who love Jesus go before us, like they're with Jesus and mm-hmm. Jesus is in us. So there's actually that sweet little mm-hmm. 
like nearness to heaven. And, and we don't even know. And that's something that's been so beautiful, even as she went to heaven, how Levi, he was like, I just, I just want to know. I want to study the Bible. What does the Bible say about heaven? Obviously there's heaven then, but what about heaven now? Like where do people go now when they right. die? And, mm-hmm. um, and so we learned so much just about what the Bible says, but I just love like heaven is nearer than we think. Like even just that Bible story where, um, Elijah and his servant were in that house and Elijah looked out and saw like all the enemies around them, surrounding them. And then his servant saw all of those things. But then Elijah uh, asked God, he said, God, open, open his eyes to see what's really going on. And so mm-hmm. then the servant looked again and saw not just all of the enemies surrounding them, but the chariots and the armies of God surrounding all of the of the enemies. And so it's mm-hmm. like, I think heaven is, is nearer than it seems. And mm-hmm. so, and I'm totally not even an- answering your question. No, you're good because I actually, you know, I was praying this morning about this conversation and I don't know, I had this thought as I was praying, I was just like, God, you're in me. And, and then she's also with you. Mm-hmm. And I just had this thought, like, I wonder if he tells her like, Hey, your mom is going to talk about you today and she's going to keep mm-hmm. using your life in such an amazing way. I don't know that. I don't know what's going on, but yeah. it's just a fun thought, you know? Totally. Well, I love it. And Lenia was a a wild child. I mean, she needed more spankings than probably like all of our kids combined. (laughs) If you don't, if you don't believe in spanking, sorry, but I I think it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think some some kids need it more than others. Yes. Mm -hmm. But she, um, I have one of those. Yep. (laughs) I've got one. Um, so she's just wild, just amazingly curious, like always asking questions, um, just so sweet. Like even watching videos and listening to her voice, like she just always had an inquisitive, like just questioning everything. And actually our daughter Clover is six now, but she reminds us of Lenya so much mm-hmm. and it's so sweet. But even just her crazy mane of a hair and her laugh and how she's always um, asking questions is just really sweet. But that was definitely Lenya. And she also had a lot of allergies. She was born, I think, I don't, I honestly don't know how this works, but I know a month after she was born, she had RSV. And after that, she just started getting rashes. And then it just was like full blown Mm. by the time she was nine months and she was diagnosed with failure to thrive. And Mm. basically meaning like she, I was nursing her, but she was basically allergic to everything. I was nursing her. So we got her tested and she was allergic to dairy and soy and eggs and nuts and chicken and turkey and Mm. dogs and dust and basically, basically Montana. And so we had to get her put on to this high hypoallergenic formula and we would take her back. We were living in Montana, but having to drive to, to Washington regularly just to get her checked because we didn't have like, a children's hospital here that uh, we could use. But her whole life was full of just a lot of just discomfort. And she was, she had rashes and um, just trying to figure out what she could eat, always just worried that she was going to get something she couldn't, had an EpiPen, all this stuff where mm-hmm. it was just, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, we got a feeding tube put in her when she was one and a half, and that really caused her to grow and to thrive and get everything she needed. And so as a mom, looking back, just seeing what everything that she had gone through, it was so hard to see that that was actually a lot of her life was just being uncomfortable and being itchy and not being able to eat stuff and a lot of stuff that was hard. But 
one of the beautiful things before she went to heaven was she was actually starting to grow out of a lot of her allergies. And so Mm. like she was able to have wheat. And so I would make her sandwiches. She was starting to be able to have soy. And then we were, the next thing we were going to introduce was peanuts. And so one of the, the sweet things, and I think from just being a mom and taking care of your kids, um, it's just, it's, you just love when your kids are thriving and you love mm-hmm. when your kids are growing because that's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be sure. giving and feeding and loving them so that they grow. And mm-hmm. so um, right before she went to heaven, I just remember thinking just how clear her skin was. Her skin was always pretty rashy, but about a year before she went to heaven, her skin was just looking so beautiful and so pure and so like she wasn't itchy unless she came into contact with something she was allergic to. But just seeing her and how she was growing and how she was so smart and how mm. she was so like just so funny. Like she was the <laughs> like the jokester of our family, always making us laugh. And so anyways, um, that was something that I hold on to as a mom that I'm so thankful for that I got to see little glimpses of her getting better Mm. before ultimately she was perfect (laughs) Mm -hmm. because with Jesus, there's, there's no sin and no allergies. And even she would say things like, mom, when I get to heaven, I'm going to eat a whole box of peanut butter and a whole jar of cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's awesome. But we had that, that sweet relationship as a family anyways, where we would talk about heaven all the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it was just an, honestly, a natural as unnatural as it was it was a natural transition in the sense of what we were hoping for and waiting for what what heaven is for us that that hope and that transition from her going from this world to the next was natural in the sense that we knew exactly where she was but obviously it wasn't as as pretty as that it was very messy and and horrifying Right. So one day you're just going about with life as usual. You're making breakfast, I assume, having dance parties maybe. And then the next moment your world is just flipped completely upside down. Yes. What happened on the day that she did go to heaven? Well, kind of that the whole week leading up to it was the busiest week of our ministry lives. Basically, every single night of the week we had something going on. Levi and I were leading a student group. So that Sunday night we had a like a, a dinner with them. And the girls, I've homeschooled them. So they've always either been with us or nearby or with sitters or whatever. But that whole week, we were just looking forward to our family Friday, which is every Friday. And even now, it's a little bit different with traveling and older kids in school. But Friday family day is our day. And so that week, every single night, we had a staff party. One night, we had Levi had meetings the next night, and then the Wednesday night we had a big filming for what we were going to show at church the week after Christmas. And so this was all the week before Christmas. And the week before Christmas for us is always just crazy. And mm-hmm. so the whole time we kept saying we we had the kids with us. We'd have a meal. We would spend time with them. Uh, Lenya had um, her last little ballet recital two days before she went to heaven. We just had mm-hmm. – it was just full. It was a full schedule. But we knew because this is our life. Like this is what we do. We knew we were going to push hard these next couple days. And then Friday family day is coming. Levi had a special family dinner plan where we were all going to dress up and go to dinner. He was going to take Lenya out to the store because she wanted to buy Christmas presents for her her sisters. Uh, we were going to go ice skating. Like we had the whole day planned. And that's something, honestly, 
that we're so thankful that we put into place long before Lenny went to heaven because we just had in that rhythm, our date nights were Thursday nights that would flow into our family days on Fridays. And we just, Levi and I felt our best when we spent time just us two first. And then we went into family days ready to pour into our kids. And it didn't always look so pretty as that sounds, but we know we totally get it. (laughs) (laughs) But that was our, that was our rhythm. And I'm so thankful for that. But that was probably one of the saddest things was we were building up, building up, building up. And Lenya experienced the the best day of her life where we experienced the worst days of our life. So that Thursday, Mm -hmm. coming around back to your question, that Thursday we woke up, I I was making breakfast. We were getting ready for one of the girl's friend's birthday parties that day. So uh, Lenya was writing a birthday note. We were wrapping gifts. We we had a, a tea party and the girls wore their – they're so funny. They wore their capes to our tea party. <laughs> and so – but it was kind of one of those whirlwind like, okay, we're getting ready to go. We're going. Um, and then one of the things that Levi remembers was – Lenya had forgotten her jacket. So he ran out and brought her jacket to her and gave her a kiss and said that he loved her. Um, But that was the last time that he would see her because that whole day he was studying for his Christmas message. And so his plan was to study hard that whole day. um, And then we would have family day the next day. And so we, um, I took the girls to their friend's birthday party it was at a frozen yogurt shop and then we went to uh, the movie theater and I got to go with the girls so I I left the little ones with my mom and I sat in the movie theater Lenya came and sat on my lap and I will say um, even sometimes still like going to that same movie theater and then when we when we leave there's just this little part where we took pictures of the kids and I usually will go to the bathroom now and I'll come out and I'm just weeping because it's just such a tender. And that's the only movie theater mm. <laughs> in our small town. Mm-hmm. And so, but, but nowadays, like we'll, we'll leave the movie theater and pass by the grave where, where Lenya's body is. And it's just like, all those things are so raw and so just painful, but it's mm. like, we just keep going. We just keep moving. We just keep showing up. But anyways, um, so that night we had, Christmas presents to wrap for the girls. So I was like, okay, I'm going to drop the girls off at my mom's house. And then we're going to get a little like date night dinner time at our house. And then I'm going to wrap presents and I'm going to go back and pick them up. So that's what I did. I literally dropped Livy and Lenya off at my mom's house. And then that would be the last time that I would see Len. And so went back to our house and then Levi and I both drove our car in to pick them up. And literally, as we were driving in, Levi says this to me. He turns over and he says, Jenny, I just feel so relaxed right now. And we remember that because what happened following that was so not, so the opposite of that because he just felt he his message was done. We had just had an amazing little date night in. And then we drive in and he says, I just feel so relaxed right now. Mm-hmm. And so then I come out of the car. And my brother runs out and he says, Jenny, something's wrong with, with Lenya. She's not taking your medicine. So I run in. Levi parks the car. When I run into the house, Lenya is sitting on the table and she looks at me, but then she passes out right away. Mm-hmm. And so Levi runs in and he's assessing the situation. He starts doing CPR and we're calling 911. And I'm like, 
I don't know what's going on. I just start crying out. I'm crying out to God. I feel like I've never cried out like I have before where I'm just like screaming and crying out to God. He's doing, Levi's doing CPR. And then all of a sudden she's not responsive on the kitchen table. Hmm. And um, the paramedics come and they lay her out. And meanwhile, I'm just thinking, I'm holding Clover, who was not even one at the time, and just so confused and not even knowing what's going on. So I'm, I asked my mom to, to have the kids. I'm, uh, my brother drove me to the hospital. Levi went into the ambulance with Lenya. We get there. Um, it's, it's all wintry. We're in Montana. So it's all super cold. My brother actually drove us off the road accidentally. And somehow we got back on the road. I honestly, I'm like, I think angels were just like covering us around because we, I don't even know what was happening that night, but then we got to the hospital and, um, I got in and Levi was like, I don't know what's happening. And we were just sitting in the waiting room. And then the doctor comes in and says, um, we're so sorry. There's nothing more we can do. Literally the words that, that Mm. you don't want anyone to ever say to you Mm -mm. about anybody, honestly. But this is our little girl. And so he says, do you want us to keep working on her like we were as you come in? Or what what do you want us to do? And we're like, we don't know. Why are you asking us this? So we just, we go in there and um, just so hard to see, um, to see her there. Her, her, I mean, she was not there. She was with Jesus, but her, her little body, we just took her hands. And one of the first things we did was we said, God, you give and you take away, blessed be your name. And honestly, those things were just the first things that came out of our mouths because wow, it wasn't anything about us. It was really honestly who God was in our lives. Because I think a lot of people, they focus on that point and they say, gosh, how can you say that at such a time like that? And I think honestly, when you love God, when you're in a place where you have a relationship with him and you've gotten into the rhythm of a relationship with Jesus, Mm -hmm. the things that seem the most impossible are things that you do because with God, those things, with God, all things are possible. But it's so crazy because when the Bible talks about the peace that passes understanding, like we'll look at ourselves in pictures days after she went to heaven and we are like, how were we even alive? Mm -hmm. Like, how were we even... How are we even like holding our kids and laughing? Like we have videos of us and we're like, what is wrong with us? <laughs> because, because we had God's peace that passed even our understanding now. And I think mm. um, for people to understand that it's not about that one moment where you can kind of picture it like it wasn't like this. It wasn't dramatic like this at all. It was very bright in that room. It was horrible. But if you can picture the spotlight being on me and Levi and Lenya in that room, people wonder like, wow, that's such an amazing moment. Gosh, wow. But it's like, no, that is not the moment. The moment Mm -hmm. is the week before when we're in church together as a family, the moment is the week before on family day when we're spending time with each other. The moment is the week before when Levi mm-hmm. and I are fighting and we're talking through it and communicating, trying to figure out what the problem is. Like that's when those big, seemingly big moments are successful, mm-hmm. if you can even say that, right. because 
of what God has done in you beforehand. And so all that to say, I just feel like sometimes I think um, our focus can so easily be on the that moment. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think it's such a testament to the Holy Spirit inside of you. Mm-hmm. We know that he helps us pray when we don't know what to pray. And I think that that's what was coming out of you in the darkest moment of your life, right. where just grief and heartbreak would be what should come out, right? Yes. But the fact that an inner strength, an inner courage that could only come from him I mean, I think if anything can be proof of the Holy Spirit in your life, that's it. Right. Yes. Right. It's that foundation that was there. You were rooted in him already. And so, yes, your response is supernatural, but it's an overflow, like you said. And I think that's just profound. The moment was before. You didn't just become a believer right then and start trusting him right there and in that moment. Right. So that's, I'm so thankful that you're sharing this so openly and so detailed and I know it's got to always be a little painful each time, and I I just want to thank you for it. I wonder, as the days went on, you know, what kind of questions did you wrestle with? Or was it just, no, you know, the Lord is good, and we trust Him always? Or were there things you wrestled through? What would be those specific things if you have them? And then what would you tell someone that's facing a tragedy today from those lessons? Yeah. Um, Oh, I will say— I'm so thankful that we had little ones because I could totally see it being an issue where if I didn't have little ones to take care of, I would have easily just been stuck in bed. Like, I mean, maybe I wouldn't have, but in my mind, like in Mm -hmm. myself, I feel like I easily didn't have a choice. (laughs) I know. Well, yeah, you have to get, we had people helping us, but for the most part, it was like, I have to get up and feed my baby. I have to get up and hug Olivia who just lost her best friend. Like, There are these things where it's like you can't just stay stuck in yourself. Like you have to take care of the people in your life. So it was almost like just survival mode, Mm -hmm. which I'm so thankful for because it really caused me to think outside of myself. And I think one of the things that I'm just going to share because Levi has shared it before and he says that it's helpful. I don't know if it is, but when we left the hospital that night, we were obviously in our house. We were getting ready for Fresh Life Christmas, which is our one of the happiest times of the year. And Lenya, even in her purse before she went to heaven, she had her little Bible and she had two little Christmas, Fresh Life Christmas invites in her purse. I mean, that's just kind of who we are. Like wherever we go, we just invite people mm-hmm. to church. And so when we left the hospital that night, we got in the car and we had Livy, Daisy, and Clover, and Lenya's car seat was empty. And we were about to drive off. And I was like, wait a second, we need to invite those people to church. Hmm. And Levi looked at me like, who are you? And what are you talking about? <laughs> like, how could you think about something like this at a time like this? But I think because that's also who we are as a family, like, and, and, I, and I told him, I was like, Lenya would want you to. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed in the car with the kids and he went in and invited the respiratory therapist and two paramedics and whoever else was in there. And I know that the respiratory therapist and the paramedics came to Fresh Life Christmas and gave their lives to Christ, which is awesome. Wow. But I think just honestly, in those days that followed, it was really a lot of thinking outside of myself. And I am going to say that I did not do that well, perfectly at all, because it was very much that wrestling of like myself and then taking care of people and then making sure other people are okay. Like people would come over and visit and I would be like, 
can I get you? Like, are you okay? And I'm thinking, and I, I think that's my, <laughs> my, that's my empathy, <laughs> my empathy uh, strength, which is also weakness. But anyways, I just feel like that kind of thing of just keeping on taking steps, keeping on going. And that's something that Levi talks about too in his book of, of running towards the roar. I think so many times we run away from what scares us that we don't end up dealing with the very thing that that God wants us to face head on and wants us to walk in in confidence and courage towards with his strength. And so I think just even the little things of like going into her room and mm. Um, talking with Olivia and the the things that I didn't want to do, but mm. knew that I had to do and knew that I had to walk towards those little things, step by step, little by little are what get you to where you want to go. And I think um, it's so interesting because there was a girl in our community who died of cancer and her mom went the opposite. So she just started drinking and drugs and everything. And about, I think it was five years later, we saw her again and she had just started experiencing healing. So like mm -hmm. she had just come to a point where she, all the numbing and everything that she was trying to do to take care of that pain, she was just starting to, to start it then. And for us, five years in from London going to heaven, like God was doing so much in us and through us. And yes, it was painful, but we had experience such breakthrough and healing and and it's just so interesting when we like we have to go through grief like whether it's the the loss of a marriage or the loss of a child or the loss of a relationship or the loss of a job we're going to experience grief in mm -hmm. one way shape or form and we have to come to a point where we know that we have to walk through it there's no way like you either are going to avoid the pain at that point but you're going to have to experience it around the river bend. Like it's going to mm -hmm. come for you at some point. But if you can learn to just walk through it and walk in it, knowing it's going to hurt and it's going to be like opening wounds again and it's going to be horrible and it's going to be flashbacks and it's going to be all these things. Like if you can just walk through it, God is going to give you what you need to walk through and to experience those little things that are so hard, but you just have to push through the pain and see what God's going to do through you, but also in you. And I think that that has just been so helpful even mm. now still. I mean, this past, um, recently we celebrated Lenya's, it would have been her 11th birthday. And we, we have in our community, we had this color run. And so I was like, oh, we should do that on her birthday. That'd be awesome. And so just like, doing things and knowing that it's going to be hard. And that night, I, Levi and I were talking. We watched a little video of Lenny, and I was like crying harder than I had in a long time. But knowing that it's just, honestly, it's messy. And I would say grief in any way, shape, or form is weird because it doesn't make any sense. It's messy because mm -hmm. it comes upon you at times you would least expect. Mm -hmm. And so if you can learn to just hold on tight to Jesus, trust him, and just stay in his word. I think that's another thing that's so important too, is you have to just stay letting God's word seep into you, at least from what we've experienced. That's how you grow. And that's how you walk through the most unimaginable things is holding on tightly to Jesus, holding on tightly to his word, and then holding on tightly to the people in your life. I don't know if it's known to everyone, but I know the statistics say that 
um, when a, a couple goes through something like this, where they where they lose a child, that their marriage is likely to not make it. And I think the statistic is like 80% or something like that of marriages will fail as a result of, of losing a child. And I think sometimes there's guilt, there's blame, whatever, for whatever reason, whatever happened in the situation, it tends to crumble a marriage. But what something that my husband says that is just makes so much sense is that tragedy shows the foundation of a relationship. It doesn't make a relationship. Mm -hmm. So when you're in the tragedy, when you're in the pain, when you're in um, the grief, it's not going to like, you're not going to all of a sudden be doing well. If you if your relationship wasn't doing well, you're not going to all of a sudden be in it together if you haven't been on the same page. Like tragedy is a magnifier. Yes, it reveals the foundation. Mm -hmm. It reveals what's going on in the relationship. It doesn't change it into anything else. And so I mm -hmm. think for us, um, as difficult as it was, and there were days where we were yelling and not on the same page, and it was hard and it was messy. But tearing things aside and 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 showing the the real foundation of it, it showed that our relationship was actually strong. And I think to be able to to look back and see we had a strong relationship going into grief. And so it just proved the worth and the value of what was already there. And I think mm. sometimes when a couple will go through something like this, it just shows what is already happening and what has already been a difficult relationship or not. And so and with your relationship with God, too, right? Yes, exactly. Because I think so many people will tend to run away from the very one who who can be there for them and knows exactly what they're going through and knows exactly what to do to comfort and heal. God uses anything to draw us closer to him. God mm -hmm. uses any difficulty, anything to, mm -hmm. to bring us near. And I, and that's what's so beautiful about our, our heavenly father and his heart to draw us near is, is he can use good things. He can use hard things. And if we're in a place where we are, our hearts are soft to him and we just let him draw us near and we let him comfort and we let him lead. Um, there's such a beauty in those moments where we can just trust him and follow him. Even if we haven't prior to the situation, it's a new start to be able to point. dig deeper too. So I'm not saying if you have a bad marriage and you go through this, you're going to get divorced, but it's, mm -hmm. it just shows that um, you just got to be on the same page. And, mm -hmm. and that's a, that's a struggle without tragedy, but I think mm -hmm. um, fighting for your marriage and fighting for honor and fighting for strength and for respect. I think that's just the daily little things that you can do so that when the bottom drops out, so that when the difficult days come, you're already in that rhythm of honoring one another and preferring one another and loving one another. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the key, the little daily things proving the strength when we go through the hard stuff. Yeah. I think that's so true. Jenny, I was thinking about when you mentioned the word trust and man, that's such a big part of the importance in a relationship to be strong. You have to have trust. We have to learn how to trust one another and, and trust God when there is a crisis at trials in our life. And you're right. Like it, if that trust isn't there, then any hardship will reveal that it's not there. And I, thankfully you're saying like, doesn't mean, okay, too bad. There's no hope for you. But, right. um, 
there's a little more work to do, a little uphill battle there. You know, the relationship wasn't strong to begin with, and then you hit that trial. So it seems obvious when you talk about it, but I think that will be a, a nice tool for someone to have to say, okay, mm-hmm. look, this is a, a root issue of why we're not succeeding, overcoming grief or some sort of um, marital problem. Right. Yeah. Because we need that diagnosis, right? To say, yes. okay, at my core, what is the problem? And it's not just trust in a marriage, although that's important, but it starts with having a deep trust in God, even when things aren't going right. Exactly. With that said, I would love to kind of just chat about eternity. And I know it sounds depressing, but the reality is that 100% of all people die, including mm-hmm. each of us. And yes. It's a painful reality, but that's also why this gospel message we've given our lives to is so vital, so urgent. Um, And I haven't lost a child like you, Jenny, but I have faced my own just excruciating tragedies. And I'm sure most of the women listening have gone through something. None of us are immune from the sting of death. And so, Mm. you know, in a message recently, our pastor, Pastor Craig said, what you believe about eternity determines how you live today. And I want to hone in on this real quick because I strongly believe this to be true true in regard to your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way you're living today proves what you believe about eternity. And so I, we would just love to know how has Lenny's life and death shifted your earthly perspective to an eternal one? So good. I love that quote by your pastor. That is so spot on. And I love that. Um, I mean, we, I'd like to say we've always been heavenly minded and that's why we started Fresh Life Church. And that's why we're doing what we do mm-hmm. already to mm-hmm. see people stranded in sin, find, find life and liberty in Jesus Christ. And just that knowing that our lives are short and right. um, heaven is real. And that's always kind of been an underlying tone and, and theme of our, of our lives. But mm-hmm. um, after Lenya went to heaven, it just intensified a little bit more. And when you're near to death and there, there's, it's almost like the veil to heaven is a little bit more, translucent and you can just Mm. you just see that heaven isn't as far as you think it is and you you know that it's real you know that it's it's coming for you and like you said it's you don't want to be a downer but at the same time it's the reality of life that this is what we're all heading towards is Mm -hmm. our final breath but I think for us to just to remind ourselves and to be mindful of the fact that heaven is nearer than it seems and what we do now like what Uh, Pastor Craig said, like what we do now affects eternity. Like as we're serving God, as we're living for him, as we're pouring our heart and soul into what God's called us to do, Mm -hmm. um, there's an eternal significance to everything that we do. And I think Mm -hmm. for us just to be mindful that I forget who said this. My husband quotes it all the time. Now I'm beginning to think that he's the one that that came up with it, but I know (laughs) someone else. Um, But one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. And that has been kind of an undergirding like quote and strength Mm -hmm. to to what God's called us to, because we lead a church. You guys are a part of a church and you know that, that people die regularly, even just in these past couple weeks that we've experienced um, Mm -hmm. just people in our lives who they're older and it's almost like, yeah, they're old and you're supposed to die and go to heaven. But even so, that's not natural. And that's not the way God designed us to be mm-hmm. originally and initially. And, and death, whether you're young or old, is so unnatural and it's horrible and it's mm-hmm. ugly. And it happens to us, but it happens to the people in our lives. And so for us just to be in that place where 
where we know the reality of eternity, where we know that there's a battle going on that we that is unseen and that there's a, a heaven and a hell and that there's just that reality to life that is unseen to us. And that's kind of the whole, we walk by faith and not by sight. Like we don't just go off of what we see. We go off of what we know to be true and we have to live um, that life of faith where we're going hard after what God's called us to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, you might be listening and you're leading a church. You might be listening and uh, you're leading your family or you're, um, we're all leaders. We know that leadership is influence. So whatever uh, your influence looks like, you're a leader. And I think so many times um, we can just kind of do the things that we're doing kind of like it's just the daily grind. It's just kind of becomes rote. It becomes, uh, this is just what I do. But if you can change your perspective and look at it with the eyes of faith and see, actually, when I get up in the morning, God has a purpose for me that day. When I get up in the morning, Mm -hmm. um, God has a purpose for me in, um, changing diapers in doing the laundry in leading my team, whatever it looks like, there is a beauty in the daily little things where where we can love and give and serve and pour out knowing that it, there's eternal significance to the little things as God's called us to something, mm. just being faithful in the little things. And there's such a joy in that too. And it, it changes it all from the daily grind. I just got to do this today too. I get to show God's love to people. I think that can just change the game no matter where mm. where we are in life. That's such a good point too, that eternity isn't reserved for some far off time or place. It starts now. Like yes. we are already living in a slice That's of eternity. Right. Yes. And I know you mentioned to Amy and I a little while back, just how you talk to your kids about kind of explaining the realities of heaven and where Linya is and all of that. Will you share that with some of our listeners? Yeah. So um, one of the beautiful things out of a horrible thing has been just the eternal perspective of our of our kids. And our oldest was seven. Daisy was two. Clover was not even a year old yet. And so as they have been growing up, for them, I mean, for me growing up, I was like, ah, heaven, this seems so far away. I don't even know like anything about it. But for them, it's like, yeah, my sister is in heaven. It's a real mm-hmm. place. She's there. I can't see her until I go there. But there's just that sweet childlike faith that has just really honestly been strengthening to me and my faith of seeing mm. how they believe. They know, yeah, there's a God and he loves me. And my sister Lenya isn't with us. She's with Jesus in heaven. And it's just that the fact, like that's a fact, mm-hmm. like it, there's no question. And I just love that sweetness. And honestly, there's so many times where what they say or the questions they ask, what's Lenya doing in heaven? Or man, I miss Lenya right, right now. I wish she could be here, but I know that we won't see her before then. We'll see her when we go to Jesus or and those kind of things. It's like, God's so faithful, like to give us children in our lives to speak with such a simplicity and such a sweetness. But, but I love just the conversations that we get to have. And, um, when we read the Bible together or when we're just having conversations or we'll, we'll pray, God, please tell Lenny how much we love her and miss her and give her great big hugs from us. Like, and the girls will pray that too. And I just love that eternal perspective that Mark's our family really in just a simple way, but it's really special. I think it was honestly like two days after Lenny went to heaven and we're just, 
we're in shock and I'm in my mind as, as the mom, like, uh, just trying to, especially Olivia, cause she was seven. The other two were just like, not necessary, especially Clover, not really understanding Daisy. You could tell new, but for Olivia's sake, especially like just thinking through how, how do I comfort her? Like, how do I involve her in the process of trying to figure out and trying to tell her like what happened and where Lenya is and, and all this. And one thing that was so comforting and that Levi writes in his book through the eyes of lion is just this picture, this kind of demonstration that we did as a family, just to show that Lenya really isn't that far. What we did was we had the corner of inside of our house. We were just around the corner. I was on one wall and then around the corner Levi was, and we've had Livy along the corner and we held hands and I said, see, here's the thing. Like, I can't see dad right now, but because of you in the middle, like we're connected. And we were trying to explain that um, we can't see Lenya right now, but because of Jesus, we're connected. So if Jesus, if we believe in Jesus and we, we love him and we believe that he is the way, the truth and the life and the, the way to heaven, then he is living inside us, the Bible says. And mm -hmm. if Lenya is with Jesus in heaven, because the Bible says to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. And so mm. Lenya is with Jesus, but then somehow Jesus is in us. And there's that nearness. And so we were just trying to explain to her. And honestly, it helped That's me. I, I think it helped her, but it helped me um, hmm. really just have that picture in my mind that, I mean, as a mom and your child is not with you anymore, your whole time, I mean, Lenya had allergies and health issues. And so my whole her whole life, I was taking care of her and making sure, okay, is she getting what she needs? Does she have her medicine? Does she have her creams and her formula? Like, the whole time I had her, I was just, and obviously any child, whether you have health needs or not, like you're just trying to keep them alive and you're just mm -hmm. make, trying to make sure they're okay and they're healthy and they're thriving and they're growing. But then all of a sudden, if they're snatched away from you and then they're no longer there, there's just that, that ache to take care of them. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Lenny is in heaven, but heaven is is big with a lot of people like who's taking care of her like these are all the things mm -hmm. in my mind that I'm thinking like okay is she just wandering around by herself <laughs> like mm -hmm. I know she's with the Lord but it's just so even mm -hmm. that process of just knowing okay she's fine but just in my mind I had to kind of like process mm -hmm. through this and yeah. so um so that picture was so helpful for me to know mm -hmm. okay I don't need to worry and yes this is the worst pain ever but she's with Jesus and our worst day was her best day because it was a dark cold night for us when tragedy hit but for her she got to see Jesus face to face that night and so um mm -hmm. so I'm thankful for that mm -hmm. and for someone maybe who doesn't really know what they believe I'll just add that one thing that we believe is that these bodies that we are in right now are just shells yes. um, covering our real selves. Mm -hmm. And so whenever our bodies die, our souls are still alive and, and they go somewhere. Yes. And we believe that Lenya is in heaven with Jesus. Yes, so. that's right. Yeah. Yes. And the fullness of glory, the fullness of joy and Oh, it's so great. Thank you for shining just the light of Jesus through your story, through your family's just triumph over something that is, it's everyone's 
nightmare to, mm. to think about losing a child. And thank you for intensifying uh, living for eternity mm-hmm. today because our lives are so short. And yeah. so it just means so much. Do you want to share any resources that have helped you through these seasons of trial or just um, ways that you're blessed today and by different sermons, podcasts, books, anything you, you'd like to share? Yeah, totally. Definitely right after Lenny went to heaven, the, a lot of people will give books, which is awesome, but not a lot of them were really helpful to us. One of them that was helpful um, yeah. is by Johnny Erickson Tata, and um, it's called Heaven, Our Real mm. Home. And it was just a beautiful picture of her story. And she's she's alive. She's just paralyzed. But she talks about like her dreams, her intense dreams of what heaven will be like when she isn't confined to a wheelchair any longer. And it was just the the beautiful, vivid pictures of heaven and and that this isn't our home. Heaven is a real home. That was beautiful. And I would definitely recommend that. Let's see. Gosh, <laughs> Levi, my husband would have a lot more. But honestly, uh, one th- I, I would definitely suggest um, my husband's book, Through the Eyes of a Lion, Facing Impossible Pain, Finding Incredible Power. We've heard quite a bit that um, his his words have helped people put words to their grief where they yeah. haven't been able to really like explain or describe how they felt. But then in reading his book, it really mm-hmm. brought just um, a solidification, if that's a word, to, to know like, oh, this is what I'm feeling and this is how mm-hmm. God's going to bring me through. That's amazing. Um, I think I've thought several times since reading his book just about the quote, hurting with hope still hurts. Yes. And for some reason, that still brings comfort to me. Mm. Totally. I love that. It's so true. Yeah. Um, and then I would definitely recommend my husband's second book, Swipe Right, which is the life and death power of sex and romance. He mm-hmm. just kind of lays out this is what we're dealing with these days and so good. Um, and then he recently came out with um, his third book called I Declare War. And this is mm-hmm. four keys to winning the battle within. And it is so good. We all struggle with that inner dialogue and that struggling with the version of us that we don't want to be. I mean, hmm. it's just, it's really good. So I would definitely recommend those um, podcasts, obviously Fresh Life Church, uh, Life Church, Elevation Church, um, music from all of the above. I <laughs> I feel like we're so spoiled these days with such amazing resources. Mm. Yeah. Um, one that has been helpful to me in marriage is what's it like to be married to me by Linda Dillo and even just the title yep. <laughs> uh, convicts me all the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what poor Levi, what is it like to be married to me? <laughs> That's good. Kind of put the mirror up. Yes. So those are a few things. But awesome. I love Linda Dello. Oh my goodness. So I'm I'm definitely going to have to start in I Declare War. That's his newest one and get that new uh or not new Linda Dillo book too. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. So, Jenny, what word of encouragement would you like to just leave us today? Well, I would just say um, kind of what I was saying a little bit earlier, but just knowing that wherever you are at in life, I know we're all in different seasons. We're all in different um, parts of, of our journey with God and faith and just living out what he's called us to do. And I just want to encourage you wherever you're at to really allow God to switch your perspective and to see the situation that you're in, whether it's difficult, whether it's good, to change your perspective in your job, in your your calling as a mom, as a wife, as a, a hard worker, like to view 
where God has you with the lens of God's called me to this. And even if it's Mm. something that Mm. is difficult, even if it's something that you don't want to be doing the rest of your life, I just want you um, to see, to view where you're at as a place where God wants to meet you right where you're at, but also he wants you to flourish and to grow right mm-hmm. where you are. Cause I think sometimes mm, we can good. look at where we're at and we can wish that we were on to the next stage mm. just to view where you're at as a beautiful season, whether it's difficult, whether it's not, um, and to see the beauty in it. I think, um, for us to, to remember that the waiting is just as important as the destination, because that's where we're learning um, how to trust God in new ways. That's where we're learning um, what's in us and the, the grit and the strength that God can put in us to to do the, the little things with strength and honor, with love, with kindness. And so just view where you're at with the new eyes of you were born for this. You were called to this. If you're going through health issues, um, God has such a unique calling on your life right now because it's almost like God's sending you. I mean, not not that he's caused these things to happen to you or he's made you to be sick or um, your kid to be sick or your husband husband to be sick, but he uses the pain that we go through. And I love this. Mm-hmm. My husband says, um, pain can be a passport to places where you would never go otherwise. And so mm-hmm. if we can see wow. our pain, see our purpose as, as something that God wants to unlock maybe a room of people who are hurting that we can go in and shine his love, shine his light, be God's love to people. I think it just changes everything if we can just have that perspective. And so I just encourage you to ask God for that strength and that perspective and that vision in the middle of your situation. Mm, Wow. That was really profound. (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. taking notes. I think I needed to hear that today, Jenny. So I needed to hear that. (laughs) You need to hear it from yourself. (laughs) Yes. Well, we just honor you, Jenny and Levi, for the way that you bravely allowed God to use your story. And we honor Linya. We celebrate her Mm. passionate little life and what a gift she has been to the world. Um, People that she wouldn't have known, rooms that she wouldn't have been able to go in otherwise. And so Mm. thank you for being here. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you, Jen. And thank you, Amy. And um, I just honor you too. And thank you so much for Um, doing what you do with such sweetness and grace. And um, thank you both for having me. Well, Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In Ephesians 2, we learn that it is by grace that we're saved through faith, not because of anything that we've done or can do, but because of what God has already done for us. Y'all, this is the hope we have. This is the reason we take time out of our busy lives to bring you truth and encouragement here at The Messy Table, because it matters more than we even know. And so again, we just wanna say a big thank you to Jenny for this important eternal reminder. And real quick, a few housekeeping details. If you're not already following The Messy Table podcast on Instagram, that's a great place to connect and stay inspired throughout your week. If you're not already subscribed, you can do that on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and then you don't have to think about it. When the newest episode is released every other Tuesday, it comes straight to your phone. You can also find all the conversation notes and resources we talked about and join my email list at jenjewel.com. 
And if this podcast encouraged you in any way, you guys feel free to tag a friend, share this episode on social media. You can even leave a review for us in iTunes, which actually means so much. We read every one of those. And it also helps other women find these life-giving words. Well, we hope you have a great week. And as you go on your way, remember that yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.